This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor. I'm joined by Jordan and Brady this week. We're going to be breaking down Georgia State's homecoming matchup Saturday upcoming against Arkansas State. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? So we're coming off a bye. So this is kind of a weird place for us because there's no game to break down. Pretty much, we're just going to go right into Arkansas State, and it's going to be deja vu because I think the name of the game is it could be a bit of a shootout. Uh, didn't come true when we played Western Michigan, but that's what we thought Georgia State versus Western Michigan was going to be. And I think that's what Georgia State Arkansas State is going to be because the truth is neither defense is very good. Uh, I want to say that Georgia State and Arkansas State are way down like 122, 123, either or in defense in the FBS. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's 121, 122. But I mean, oh, when okay. you get when you're in that, you know, realm, what's the number really matter? It's not <laughs> a great look. Uh, no. So I guess starting on the Arkansas State side, uh, their offense is good. Uh, the numbers are kind of similar between Georgia State and Arkansas State. Uh, Georgia State's averaging 32.5 points per game, which this early on doesn't matter much. But uh, Arkansas State's averaging 32.8. Uh, different opponents, obviously and the small sample size, but the offenses aren't that different in just total output points on the board, but it's a little different because Arkansas State's kind of a, they're liable to get some big plays. They're liable to go for it. Uh, Case in point, they have a new quarterback last week who's a freshman transfer from Alabama playing in his first game, replacing their injured quarterback who's out for the year. The first play they run is uh, just down the seam, pass to their receiver for 92 yard touchdown uh, pass and catch. And it's like, it's his, this guy's first action in as a collegiate athlete. And it's just going for it. Now that's kind of going to be part of the philosophy I would expect from Arkansas state in this game, because they've got three really good receivers. Uh, Omar Bayless is nearly 700 receiving yards through five games, which is just comical. Uh, that works out to 137 per game so far, 138 if you're rounding up. And, you know, some FBS teams don't have that passing number, and he's got it just by his lonesome. So that's, you know, impressive. You know, you just say on the face of it, that's that's going to be a guy to single out. When you take a look at the statistics as a whole for the Sunbelt Conference so far this year, Arkansas State has three of the top five people with yards for receiving. Omar Bayless, of course, being number one, but they also have the number three slot with Jonathan Adams Jr. and the number five slot with Kirk Merritt. Uh, those two guys add up to 668 yards together, and Omar Bayless is still on top at 689. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, defense needs to have a banner day on Saturday. The defense... There was a game last year against Texas State where there were some really inexplicably bad coverage lapses where it led to big touchdown passes. And if those are there on Saturday, that's going to be an issue for the defense because Arkansas State can do that to you when there aren't massive holes in zones. So if you give them that, you're just going to put points on the board for them without even really contesting it, and that's just going to be an issue. Uh, the other thing, the elephant in the room with Georgia State right now is that the run numbers are not good on defense. Uh, we talked about it last week that Georgia State did make Texas State kind of work for the yards they got, but they still, going into this game, Georgia State is averaging giving up 244 rushing yards on defense a game, which is 
second to last in the conference and very bad nationally. Um, while Arkansas State isn't a team that runs the ball a ton, uh, they average 113 a game. I think that it's fair to say that at this point, every team is going to look at the Georgia State game on the schedule as a game to, you know, palate cleanse the run game and, you know, find something until Georgia State shows that they can stop it consistently. So that's just where it is. I asked Coach about that on the media call this week, and he was basically like, yeah, um, when you show that weakness, teams are going to try and go after that. And so while the passing offense is obviously a prolific part for Arkansas State, I think they're going to look to get the run game going. And so it's kind of a tricky place for the defense that's been struggling uh, because the obvious strength is the passing game, but they're also going to have to be ready for the rushing game of Arkansas state because it's been an issue and Arkansas state's going to want to be able to run the ball better than they have been. And they're going to see this as an opportunity to do that. I'll say this when it comes to the Georgia State side of things this upcoming game on Saturday. On the offensive end, Georgia State has to play a clean game and not beat themselves. Limiting silly, stupid little penalties that are taking us out of a manageable down and distance or not turning the ball over. Those are going to be giant factors for Georgia State's success if we want to stay competitive and hopefully beat Arkansas State for staying 2-0 at home. I mean, this we've lost twice on the road, and we've only played one home game so far. So, I mean, we still have the opportunity to, especially coming off of bye week, where we hope that the team's mentality has kind of been reset by the coaching staff a little bit. You know, put those last two weeks behind us. We're going to get to work. We're going to kind of purge those demons out a little bit, get ourselves right, and prepare for this next game coming up. And this is a really pivotal point in Georgia State season right now because you start 2-0, especially the way that you start beating Tennessee and, you know, a shootout against Furman, and then you go on and get absolutely deflated on the road by Western Michigan and then lose a really, really tough, heartbreaking loss at Texas State two weeks ago. So now you have the opportunity to either come out, exercise those demons a little bit and get back on the right side of things and come out 3-2, and two, and you're still absolutely in the mix for conference play. You're sitting at one and one on the season and you have a, a game set at coastal, which looks to be no cakewalk for sure. So I think that Georgia state could take this win and snowball that into momentum to kind of reset this season. But there is also the opportunity that we lose and this losing streak kind of hangs over us and derails all the positive momentum we have going into the season. I know we say this every week. This is the big pivotal matchup, but I really do think that this is a good or bad for this team that I'm really interested to see how these last two weeks of practice, especially given that we haven't had a game since we lost to Texas state. I really want to see how the coaching staff has motivated and kind of reset the mentality of these players to be able to come out and play a really solid, clean game in front of our home crowd. I think that actually that goes into another point I wanted to make is that these matchups that we've had with Arkansas State ever since we joined the Sunbelt Conference, whenever we play in Jonesboro uh, at their stadium, it's usually a lot closer of a game than when we play in Atlanta. And I think part of that is due to the atmosphere at our stadium. Blake Anderson, the head coach of Arkansas State, actually made a comment to that earlier this week uh, in an interview with someone in the media talking about how it's a different environment from what we're used to playing in. So I, th I will say that the home environment traditionally has not been extremely lively, but the first game this season was, I would 
probably argue, if not the most lively, right up there in like the top two or three games that I've been to uh, as a Georgia State student fan and now media personality, if you want to call us that. So I think uh, absolutely show up and, and make noise. It's homecoming. Everyone gets really excited, really pumped up for that, at least for the first half. But and if we I can keep it say, close, I would just say it just seems like a really weird coaching decision. I mean, you know, we're out here questioning coaches. Uh, it sounded like he was going to be like, we're going to prep them for this different environment. And it's like if it's an actual good crowd and you didn't prep that, I mean, it's not like that's going to make the difference in the game. But that seems just kind of like a like an own goal. Uh I don't know. I, I It seemed re- weird to me, especially because they haven't played in the new stadium. And I'm not saying the new stadium has made all the difference for the environment, but I, it, it did strike me as a funny decision. And it sounded a little bit sounded a little bit canned um, based on just like playing Georgia State. This is what the comments have been before. And so I don't know. It seemed kind of odd to me, but he's welcome to run, run his team and, you know, say what he wants to say. And it is on the Georgia State fan base writ large to show up consistently and change that reputation. Yeah. And in the post-game press conference after the Furman game, every single one of the players and Sean Elliott that were up there for media availability had at least something to say about the crowd, the atmosphere and how the team absolutely does feed off that energy. And when people show up and are engaged in the game, it absolutely fuels the team to go that extra mile. Not saying that, you know, the team success is dependent on fan attendance, but more electric and lively environments absolutely do help motivate athletes in situations like this. So I think that, like you said, it's going to be homecoming. There's going to be people there. If the game starts off at, uh, kind of the way that Furman does, I could see the wind being taken out our sails a little bit. But I think that if we come out and are competitive all the way through, the the crowd will will be a factor for us and especially considering that it's homecoming and there's going to be a lot of alumni there and this could be again a big pivotal moment for Georgia State where they come out and they get a really solid win over a solid conference opponent and show the fan base that, that the last two weeks is not who this team is and does not define this team yeah um and i guess touching on you know feeding into the crowd staying in the game and also just what's led to success generally and what's led to not success for Georgia state. So currently as it stands in the season, Georgia state is being outscored in the first quarter, 61 to 27. And one of the mantras of coach Elliott is start fast, finish strong. And well, the first part just hasn't been happening. And especially if you want to keep the crowd into it and you want to keep them there, but also just as a general way of, cementing your impact on the game, getting out there and scoring a first drive or, you know, forcing a big turnover or whatever, starting out early on, whatever the team has to do to start the game off fast. I think that's going to be an important thing because start fast, is strong is, you know, coach speak. It is whatever. But the point is that that happened in the Tennessee game. The team started off fast with the turnover in the first minute of the game and scoring and the team Georgia state was the team to finish strong in that game. Um, and then in Texas state, it was the opposite. Uh, Georgia state kind of wilted in the stretch of that game and didn't finish strong. And that was the difference. So in those two things, I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but the beginning, and the end of the game are the most important times. And especially after how poorly the game started in the last home game against Furman, 
it'll be a lot better for the team's chances if they give themselves more of a shot because you mentioned not going down 20 to three would be good. I don't think you're going to come back from 20 to three down as easily against Arkansas state because they've got a full roster of scholarship players where Furman had the disadvantage there. So we're going to go to some listener questions right now. Uh, Steve in Fayetteville wants to know how is our secondary and can we pressure the quarterback? Yeah. So their quarterback lane hatcher through one game sample size, it doesn't seem like there's going to be much difference. He might not be quite as crisp at the position, but it's pretty much going to be the same offense, which as we've alluded to means they're going to probably be going for it. And the thing is, is Georgia state plays a fair amount of zone defense and it's going to be incumbent on the pass rush to, to stop the, the pass offense from being prolific because whether it's zone or man, but especially with zones, if you give res- these talented receivers enough time to find the holes in the zones and you're not getting pressure on them, uh, then they're going to pick you apart. Uh, they're just too talented. So the pressure is going to be the key for stopping the pass offense for Arkansas State. And the, they've shown it. I, I think that Fuquay is probably going to have to dial up some blitzes and he's going to probably have to disguise where it's coming from and show some something more exotic just to keep them off their toes. Uh, but we've we've seen, especially early on this year, there be success getting pressure. It's just about guys winning their matchups on the line. It's, it's going to come down to the trenches as far as that goes. And then another question uh, at Rusty underscore McNeil on Twitter wants to know our odds of switching out of our three, four defense in favor of a four, three defense. So I imagine this was a little bit tongue in cheek because I'm sure I guess I shouldn't say I'm sure I'm betting most people who follow the team closely know it's pretty hard to just totally change schemes, especially switching three, four to four, three. Uh, So as far as the actual answer of that, I'd probably put it at negative 100%. It's not going to happen. But I would say that, it, it, like I was saying in my last answer, that showing different looks and, and moving guys around and just not lying up in base set a ton is going to make a difference for the team having success. It, it's not so much as complicated as totally having to switch the scheme to change the results or to change the looks. So we don't have to do a 4-3 to look different. Uh, it's just about what the play calls are, I guess, and, you know, how stuff is disguised. So we appreciate the questions. Keep them coming. Uh, and I guess just putting a bow on the Arkansas State game, I don't really know what to expect, if we're honest. Uh, it's going to come down to the way the teams show up, but I think the biggest key is going to be clean game on offense because the offense got in its own way against Texas State and – this defense for Arkansas State isn't so talented that Georgia State can't put points on the board if they don't get in their own way. So it's going to be down to clean game on offense, maybe force a dirty game for Arkansas State on, maybe get some turnovers, turn that turnover margin back in the positive way for Georgia State. But those are the areas I would look at. And this game will tell us a fair amount about where the season's going to go. So with that said, we've got Jordan telling you now about the thursday notes thursday notes that's right we're starting a newsletter we're going to call it thursday notes because why not and the idea is to deliver everything that you would need to know in one concise platform right now we're looking at email and it's going to be a recap of everything we've done for the past probably about the past week we're looking at about a weekly release schedule and it's just summary of articles podcast link 
anything that you'd need to know at a glance to be up to date and informed on all things Georgia State sports. And you will be able to sign up for that on the website in the next couple days. There'll be a link going up there. And there's going to be some exclusive fun content going in that uh, newsletter. So make sure you get signed up and don't miss any of that. I also wanted to take a moment to thank everyone who participated in our survey we ran over the past week or so. So uh, just to briefly recap some of the stuff we learned on the survey, uh, a lot of you guys want to see some video content. And we've been wanting to put that out, so that's good to hear. We'll be working on some of that hopefully in the next uh, couple weeks to months. It does take a little while to get some of that going. But we have a few fun, interesting ideas I think you guys might enjoy, so be on the lookout for that coming up. Uh, we are going to expand coverage, hopefully in the spring, to cover a little bit of baseball. Uh, and a couple of people wanted to see that. But one of the most uh, telling things, I guess, we saw in the survey was that a lot of people don't listen to the podcast, not because they don't think it's good, but because they just weren't aware of it. So if you listen to the podcast and you like what you hear, tell your friends, tell your family, share us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snail Mail, Carrier Pigeon, whatever platform you feel like, and let people know. Another thing that we saw on the survey was that a couple of you are interested in seeing us join Instagram, which is uh, not something we originally thought people would be interested in, but uh, we're going to take a look at that and see if that's worth uh, diving into. Uh, like we said last week, someone requested live video chat uh, chat feeds with the podcast. Like we said, it's pre-recorded currently, so that's not something we can do right now. But we are looking in the future to see if we can do some live podcasting and other production-type stuff. Other than that, uh, the question at the end about merchandise, a lot of you guys said you wanted to see T-shirts and stickers, and we're working on that. So keep your eyes peeled, refresh the website, we'll have... Uh, Updates coming out on that, and of course, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you will be among the first to know, and who knows, maybe you'll even get a discount code, hint, hint. Other than that, I think that pretty much covers most of the Thursday night stuff we wanted to talk about with regard to housekeeping, but uh, thank you guys very much for listening and interacting with us on social media. We really appreciate it. Anything else, guys? Go Panthers. Go Panthers, indeed. Let's go get a dub on Saturday. See you. See you. Bye.